Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Love of Life podcast. Tonight we have a special guest. We from Australia. We have Ed Cost with us. He is the creator of Redeem Podcast, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about his podcast and what he's doing. Uh, so it's a uh, it's very cool. We've checked it out, and we think you're going to like it. Christian education. Because it serves him who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, is the love of life. This is the Love of Life podcast, conversations with Jesse and Courtney. All right. Yeah. So, Ed, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Thanks for having me. Or today, as we've already established, it's uh, 1130 in Australia. And it's yeah, quite the, the difference. <laughs> <laughs> quite the difference. Okay, so tell us a little bit about, we've already checked out Redeem Podcast. Uh, we've listened to some episodes. Our kids really enjoy it. We really enjoy it. Tell us a little bit about Redeem Podcast. Well, Redeem Podcast, uh, the summary of it is I, I create um, dramatized stories inspired by biblical events. So I create a, a narrative um, based around a biblical event, and then I hire actors and they they perform um, the the episode kind of like radio theater, and um, yeah, that's that's what that's what Redeemed is. Awesome! About how many episodes do you have total? Do you call them episodes? I call them episodes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so they usually run for about an hour, which is um, quite quite lengthy. So I have I have three that run the full length, and the one mini ten minute episode, which was an intimacy episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wonderful. How do you, how how do you accrue your voice actors? Are they from all around the world? Do you know people uh, in the industry, or what's that? So I I hire freelance actors. So I I, I love the the British accent. Mm-hmm. So I hire British speaking uh, British accent actors, and um, they're just freelancers that just do this on on the side, and I and I give them the script, and I record. It's 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 difficult because they're they're in London or or someone in Germany. It's difficult to direct when you're so separate. So what I do is I, I record myself performing each line and then I give that to them so that they can then understand the annotations and the, the, the um, you know, the accents. And, and that's how we kind of correspond. And because they're so brilliant, that's usually enough for them. Yeah. Like they could, they just, um, some of them just do it perfectly in the first take because they're so talented, but it's interesting the way we collaborate. Um, it's a new way of collaborating like, across borders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really great that you, for the actors specifically, that's really great hmm. that you perform it for them. Uh, as someone yeah. who does voice acting, I don't have the British accent, so I'll probably never be able to be on Redeem Podcast. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's nice for the actor to know exactly what you want in the take. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's They're very, very happy about that. Oh, I'm sure they and, are. And some of them actually don't know well that all they're given is just their scene and a brief summary of the context so for some of them i've sent them the complete episode and they've actually like noted like the the complete story they've contributed to and they've been just um, surprised by what they are a part of so it's also (laughs) nice seeing their their surprise when they see because the actors they're on the same studio see the conversations that happen happen are recorded separately then they're put together Mm -hmm. and yeah it's really nice do you use the same actors for your episodes or different ones kind of depends? 
I have I have a couple of actors that are, are my favorites, like um Mary, she was also Rebecca in episode, I think, two, and Joseph. Um, I've used him a couple of times. And I think the actor for Jesus I used in a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorites are the Mary and and the Joseph actor. They're just um really great to work with. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really good. How 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 long is you're you're the writer? You're the creator, mm. the producer. You yeah. will actually perform the whole thing for all the actors involved. <laughs> yeah. and get the actors to do it. I assume also you do sound effects. You do yeah. you do everything. How long yeah. is each episode? 45 minutes. I mean, I know from the industry that mm. takes you a little bit of time. How, how long is that taking you probably per episode? So because I do this, I have a full-time job, but I do this on the side, like one full-length episode takes me about three to four months Mm -hmm. but um my my wife is brilliant and she's really great to bounce ideas off so the nativity episode which is 10 minutes long took me only two weeks to create because i had her help for that (laughs) one so i'm making everything easier that is they do definitely (laughs) so i'm assuming like the next full length one i make will take a lot less than three to four months (laughs) now that i have her oh yeah a good woman makes everything easier, right? Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Do you know what your next upcoming episodes are going to be about? Um, there's be- one I really want to make. It's about when Stephen gets stoned and he mm-hmm. sees the vision of heaven. And that's one I really want to make next. Like I, I want to maybe create a poll to see what my followers want to hear next. But that's something that's really on my heart. There's that and also the, the event in the Old Testament when Elijah um, calls down fire from heaven. I think that'd be great to create yeah. an episode about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But my, the one I really want to make is the um, Stephen one. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really good. Um, so tell us a little bit more about coming up with the various episodes that, that <laughs> you... They, are they just stories that are near and dear to your heart? So you're just one at a time. There's nothing cohesive necessarily because there's they're various mm. stories right there's the leper yeah. story there's the escape to egypt um mm. so are they, are they just stories for you that you just find important out of the bible that you're like oh i want to tell this story so every episode i create is um created through my like theological lens so i'm i'm reformed and I'm post mill, and um, actually, actually, saw your interview with Nathan Anderson, which I yeah. really loved. And 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 like you, Jesse, I I am obsessed with that documentary. <laughs> and have you seen the latest? Some... Have you seen the latest one? Uh, no, it's related. Teach all nations. You can watch it on Lore TV. Okay, for free. Yeah, I'll send you an invite. Oh, nice. Yes, yeah. yes, please. Oh man. But, but, <laughs> there was something that Douglas Wilson said that really like got cemented into my mind. He said that when Christ, before he ascended, he declared his supremacy above everyone, above nations, when he said, all authorities be given to me, therefore go. Mm-hmm. And then in that documentary, Douglas Wilson says that Jesus is the king of Brazil. He's the king of America. He's the king of Australia. And uh, we need to like accept that and live accordingly. And, when I watched that, I was like, I, I just, this is another like verification personally why I want to create Redeems is because I want to like do my part to extend Christ's kingdom. And because of my personal lens, I, I, that's kind of what personally drives me to really like push this out. And 
the well, what I in the in the um in the second episode, what is it? The no no the Escape to Egypt and then the Tivity one. If you listen carefully, you'll kind of note the personal references, especially with the nativity one, with that last scene where Jesus is born mm-hmm. and the prophecy from um from, from David. So um I present everything from from that lens and I'm also reformed. So it's those two that, that through those lenses. And I think there's a real gap in the market for Christian entertainment that's like theologically sound. Uh-huh. And yeah. what I want to do as well to maintain that is I've made a decision to never like add to the words of Jesus. Cause I know a lot of um, um, dramas and series with G with Jesus as an actor, they add to his narrative. And I don't personally agree with that. I just want to, he just says what he says. And you hear that in episode two mm-hmm. with Rebecca as, as the Bible says, like as it is written in the Bible. So, and I've chosen those episodes like, um, in um, the first episode when Jesus heals um, the leper, like that, that's written because of my, my understanding of, of salvation and the irre- irrevocable nature of it. And um, in yeah, episode three and four, that those post-millennial sort of themes kind of tying them together. So that's how I kind of have the reason why I've chosen those specific episodes so far. Yeah. That's awesome. Was it also your post-millennial framework that got you started with the podcast in the first place um well what, what got me started was i when when i was when i was younger i would listen to the lion the witch in the wardrobe i wasn't even that young i was like early teens but i would listen to it in my room and kind of like feel like i've escaped from 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 where, where i was and that really took me to another place and i wanted to like give that experience to adults like not just to children and and so that was, I've always wanted to do something theatrical. And so it was actually that combined with my personal framework that made me decide to do this. Yeah. And, and um, I, I didn't realize that my mom actually just last week reminded me of a, of a short radio theater my dad created about, because my, my background is Russian. So mm-hmm. we, they create, my dad created this mini episode about Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> But it's in Russian. I'm actually going to post that on my Instagram. It's, it's interesting because he makes all the sounds manually with like pieces of wood to represent <laughs> the doors opening. And um, yeah, I totally forgot about that. So I must have inherited that from my father, like that <laughs> drive to create theater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Was the, was the, I'm curious, was the Narnia, was that focus on the family radio theater or was that just an audio book that you were listening to? Um, I think it was an audio book. It was it was a CD? It was okay. one of the episodes had gold had the golden rings. I don't know if that rings a bell, but um, yeah, there was one that came out the BBC did back that I listened to in the 1980s. I remember renting mm. it from the library. It was a cassette at the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm assuming we're around the same age, and I listened to cassettes yeah. growing up. And I remember, yeah, that was yeah the one with the rings and uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was really good. That was really good. Are you, so when it comes to radio theater, are you, Mm. did you grow up listening to other types of radio theater, like either focus on the family radio theater or back in the 1940s and fifties CBS in the States, they used to do radio theater, radio hour. I mean, it's been, Mm. it's an older medium, but I see that it's starting to make a trend back in it and it can be done very well. Mm. Well, I, I, my parents grew, um, brought me up, 
to admire like the arts. So my dad would like make us watch ballets and operas and and classical music, listen to that. And so that was always been, has been my upbringing and I've been brought up to appreciate that. And so kind of radio theatre slides perfectly into, you know, that context because it's, it's, it's very theatrical and it's very creative. And I didn't listen to that many um, different, like I would also rent audio books from the library and listen to and hear the ding and turn the page which is kind <laughs> yep. of like a radio theater oh yes but um but the only the only the closest thing as a kid to a an official radio theater would be um salty um i don't know if you listened to salty? that as a kid the sitting songbook <laughs> did you <laughs> it's very I- weird it's this <laughs> it's this um character that's like a Bible that's come to life or the book of Psalms. So his, his head is quite, quite frightening now that I think back at <laughs> what it looks like. So he, his, his head is in, is the spine of this, um, some book of Psalms and he's got hands sticking out and, um, yeah, it was huge, like in in the nineties, and I'll send you a link too. It'll be interesting. Oh yes, to please do. Just don't don't share kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you did. Your intended audience is adults. You mentioned that. Um, yeah, correct. That's that's what you have in mind when you're recording them. Yeah, that's right. Because I think um, adults uh, are neglected in terms of like radio theater. There's a, lot, there's a lot made for kids. And I do want to make a branch for kids um, moving forward. But I think adults just um, uh, don't have enough content of radio theater catered to them. Right. Yeah, I think that's great. And we we did listen with our children and they all loved it. So even though you're making nice. it for adults, they were engaged, you know, and captivated too. So that's perfect kind of neat yeah you're you're hitting more than maybe you're even aiming for um, yeah <laughs> great which is great that's really good tell us a little bit more about how you're you're so you're creative because one of the reasons why about this particular endeavor is because your eschatology right like the mm-hmm. way you yeah. view the world through mm-hmm. um through through being reformed and also through uh your view, the view yep. that I think the Bible teaches overtly uh, about the end of all things is mm. the domination, right? Of the Christian yes. worldview. Um, mm. And that really changes everything. It, so is that something new for you? Did, it, was it through Nathan Anderson's documentary? Was it something else in your life that you read or saw that you're like, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe the world doesn't end in flames of fire maybe it actually ends in a feast and it's joyous yeah. and the world becomes Christianized. Mm. So, so I was brought up um, very like dispensational. I would watch the um, end times movies as a kid. Like, I don't know if you watched ones from the fifties where the Christians would line up to get their heads chopped off. <laughs> and I, I, I was so frightened as a kid. And I was, I was brought up like believing that. And I remember I read one book. I forgot who the author was when I was a teenager and at the end, he presented a personal view, and I ran that by my parents, and my mom was like, "No, that's heresy. That is definitely not happening. Like, we're just all gonna die." <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh! So, um, and that view I found just very just dampening. It's just like, like, what's the point? Like, I know there are like there's something that dispensationalists that aren't, aren't as as extreme, but I was brought up in the extreme end of the spectrum, and I was thinking a lot of the times like. 
what's the point? Everything's just going to get worse. We're just going to just die. And I don't remember, I, I had a, I have a friend, um, Rob, and he um, presented me with a personal view, which I'd never considered like at all. I've never, not, not, not in detail at least. And when he, when he did um, explain this to me, it just started just to make sense. And then, I not long after that discovered some um, lectures from Apologia, mm-hmm. you know, Jeff Durbin describing it. Um, Jeff Durbin and Isaac did a great episode where they discussed, this is a two-part episode where they discuss all of post-millennialism. And it just uh, like clicked in my head and I realized that, you know what, like we need to, and when, once you grasp that worldview, it makes you just want to go out and do something for Jesus. That's what's so great about it. It, it doesn't make you just, happy and content to just kind of like live your life. You just want to go out there and proclaim the gospel. So that's why I'm very encouraged. Like I love seeing like Christian podcasts like yours, because you're creating a kingdom building legacy. You can then pass on to your kids and can continue to grow and you're multiplying your reach and taking advantage of as Marcus Pittman talks about like the advent the advantages of our technology and how they can be used for Christ's glory. And so um all of that combined sort of makes me want to also build something that I can pass on to future generations to keep building until hopefully at the very end when Christ finally comes. And so it plays a big role in, in, in everything that I do. It just makes you just so, and when I'm feeling down, mm-hmm. I just like revise the personal doctrine and watch videos. It just gets you really like really <laughs> happy. Yeah. Well, it really does have such an impact on our, our view of life. I mean, everyone has an eschatology. The yeah. World Economic Forum has an eschatology. And yeah. for them, it's temporary victory, very temporary. Mm. And for other governments, they, they even have an eschatology. And with the thing that I find so weird, like in the last two years, we've shaped, shifted, our, our views have been shifted around quite a bit. And mm. you know, um, one of the things is post-millennial eschatology for us. And mm. it really has changed how we do what we do, what we think about. It, it goes from, you know, there's, there's this, there's this such a, a, a an eschatology of victory from various mm. governments and people that are godless that don't know the Lord. And so mm. many Christians sadly have this eschatology of defeat. And if Jesus can just rescue us out of here, if we can just get mm. out of here as soon as possible. And for, and for us, I don't know if we would have defined it as that before we really knew about post mill stuff. I don't think we would have just said that. And yet in the back mm. of my mind, whenever something terrible would go on in the world, um, we've seen our fair share of that in the last two years. Right. Mm. Um, it just was, it was always, it was always making me think oh, if the Lord could just part the clouds now and just come back today, everything would be better. Everything would be good. And, mm. and, and now, and I know we're not, we're not, you know, this is not a post mill episode per se, but mm. I love talking about, it. we love talking about <laughs> yeah, it. Me and so. we love talking to people who love talking <laughs> about it. So for us, it's just a sense of wonder and excitement now, knowing that we might not see the complete culmination of all things in this life, yeah. but, but we're part of here to do good works that God has prepared before the foundation of the world. And mm. part, of, part of that is loving our wives and our children, being covenant members of our church and our family, uh, creating mm. redeemed podcast, creating this podcast. It's, you know, mm. it's helping the little old lady across the street and not just because, oh, that's just a wonderful, nice thing to do, but because we're Christians and yeah. we're, we're taking dominion in every area and it's going to happen. Mm. It's very refreshing. 
I remember um, in 2014, I don't know if you remember on the news, when in, in Sydney there was a um, hostage situation with the terrorists who um, took um, hostages in the Lind Cafe. Do you remember that? So um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, was, I, I was working in the city when that was happening, like a few a couple of suburbs from the event and you could hear the sirens and I, I was in a high-rise building at the time and I looked at the window and I could see like all the police gathering and I remember standing there it was a 2014 and I was praying I was God thinking praying like God just get me out of here like this is so bad like I can't please come soon because he needs to just rescue all of us and and I saw I had a similar sort of understanding as you did when like when that was happening I was like you know that's it this is the end like I had enough get me out <laughs> yeah yeah, I feel like that framework of post-mill gives you such purpose and, and you're mm. building and you're building something that is going to take a long time. We plan yeah. to do our part to build whatever that looks like. And it's different for everybody, um, what you're talented in or what you ha- have the ability to do. But like, we're just a part of this thing. We're a part of mm. building Christianity and we're a part of sharing it with our children and hopefully they'll come along and then they'll build and their children will build. And, um, mm. it's, I don't know, it's so motivating for just the everyday. So motivating yeah. for everything that we do, um, which is awesome. And yeah, the things that come out of it, because you think differently, you're like, I yeah, want to create right. a radio theater and I believe that it really can impact people that they can hear the gospel from this and be changed. Um, yeah, awesome. exactly. That's so true. It's very true. Yeah. So, okay, let's go back to Redeem Podcast. Uh, where can people go to find it? Where can we listen to it? Uh, for those that don't know about it right now, and we'll provide a link in the in our description of this video uh, mm-hmm. after after it's all edited and everything. But w- where else can people go right now to find it? So if you go to redeemedpodcast.org, all the links to the platforms are there. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend listening to it on SoundCloud. There's a link there because that's when that's the highest quality audio and you can actually hear it's like you're in the scene hearing all the horses running and but all the links are there like Spotify and everything on the website. Okay. All right. And you yeah. like to ride invisible horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did get to see that and it sounded very real. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> so um in episode three, there's this is horse chase that happens and I put up a video explaining how I made that. And in the video that I put up is actually me riding an invisible horse with, with, with sound effects. But um, yeah, that, that was kind of fun. Choreographed. I, I mean, you were like in step with every stop, pause, run. <laughs> well, I, I had multiple takes. And by the end of it, my quads were killing me because I was, <laughs> I, I was just crouching in the video. <laughs> I can tell you, I mean, you were out of breath by the end of the video. We'll, we'll also include that, that link so people can see that. Uh, yeah. creation of sound effects with ed cost yeah. that was a really fun <laughs> video uh wh- why is it so uh, we've, we've kind of touched on this a little bit but tell us um you know there there, there is so much entertainment out there right most mm. of it most of it not really great uh some of it has yeah. huge budgets and it still sucks um <laughs> yeah why wh- apart from just post mill eschatology um why else is it important for christians to that are talented, that have the means. So you mentioned Marcus Pittman's name, for instance. We've talked yeah. about this before. Why is it important for Christians to sort of 
go against the grain or and or just create their own content. Why not let Netflix and Disney Plus and all the others do that and just, you know, watch their mostly garbage? Because um, Christians are the new representatives of beauty, the true representatives, the world's the secular world has no standard for beauty and they're trying to like, you got um, pornography now coming under the banner of art when you have 50 shades of gray and, and shows like that. And that's because um, they have no standard for beauty. They can, they can, they can morph the boundaries and include um, like content like that. But with Christians, we're the, we're the, we understand the true definition of beauty and that, and that is, that is Jesus. He's, He's above all things and he more things exist. And so there's, because we're representatives of such a standard, um, in my mind, good is not good enough. Like we have to aim for great because um, we have such a, such a, a um, I guess, a burden to represent such a high standard of beauty. So a lot of um, Christian entertainment, I believe, doesn't uh, meet all those requirements. Some, some like there is, there are different types. There are some that are, produced quite well and they look quite beautiful but the theology is is garbage and there are others that the theology is quite good but it's such cringy um christian comedy or entertainment and i i'm kind of over cringy christian entertainment you know <laughs> there are movies yeah. out there the movies out there that are quite popular that i've watched in the cinemas and have just been just terrible and but they get a lot of like a standing ovation because a lot of Christians say, well, at least they've got some element of the gospel, but that's not good enough. Like you gotta you gotta complete tick all the boxes, high quality entertainment uh-huh. and a high quality theology, and you mix it all together and um and set a new standard for the world to follow. And there's a, there's a video actually Marcus Pittman did, which really inspired me as well for, to create redeemed, um, about talking about the history of the printing press. I don't know if you've seen it, but he was he's basically saying how the Christian worldview kind of shapes the development of technology. And it's because mm-hmm. of the Christian worldview, we ended up with the printing press, which got us to basically where we are today, with all of our books, all of the technology. And it's that progression of the gospel that's that's spearheading spearheading that. And um, Christians should should aim, like if, if you're a Christian in your talented in writing, you should aim to you know, get your writing out there and, and, and do the best that you can and, and um, reflect the beauty of Christ. If you're a Christian artist, you should really embrace that and not treat it like a secondary hobby, but like as, as, as a privilege of another way to represent Christ's beauty. If you're a, if you're a Christian, you know how to um, line dance. You know, you can you, you do that to the best of your ability. So it's about representing um, the true definition of, of goodness and beauty. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, yeah. There is a lot of, um, there, there have been a lot of cringy Christian films produced in the last decade or two. And it is just like, you know, it is, it, it it is a bummer because we want there to be Christian movies and, you know, when there's a Christian Mm. title or whatever, that's great. But yeah, I mean, when it's, cringy when it's not done well when it's super low budget you just go man i kind of i kind of wish that wasn't out there i mean i hope there's somebody that got something from it but at the same time i don't want it to be oh this is the christian world this is what yeah this is what they can come up with we should be coming up with things better than them our stuff should be it should reflect truth beauty and goodness 
Yeah. And we, um, you should be able to share like a Christian episode from a series or a movie with a, with a non-Christian for them to be impressed. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to roll their eyes and be like, you know, this is, this is terrible. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm liking that um, like Christian music seems to be improving. Um, there's actually this rapper, I've got his name. He sings a song, The Supremacy of Christ. And he raps, um, um, I think, Colossians chapter two, and it's quite good. Mm. So I'm liking that Christians are beginning to improve their uh, music game. And a lot of non-Christians, when they hear Christian music, they get impressed. But there's still a long way to go in the industry. But um, the goal is to impress those that don't believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we have the most compelling things in the world to say, right? Like we're, we know God's truth that's been revealed in in the Bible. So we should be making the best stories and we actually have something to say. I think that's part of the unfortunate thing about the entertainment industry right now is Mm. the world has things to say. And we're being, if we're consuming those things, we're being influenced by them. We're being catechized in their worldviews and what they think Mm. good and right and true instead of what the Bible sets as the ultimate standard. That is the only standard. Um, so yeah, we love what you're doing. We love that you're putting things out there that are reflecting God's truth and that are done mm. well. It's exciting. And you see that in, um, the new Buzz Lightyear movie. Uh, um, <laughs> I didn't watch it. We, no, we didn't see it. I didn't watch it either. I was, I was so excited cause I love Buzz Lightyear, but when I heard about it, I was like, I'm not going to watch it, but, um, sure. I'm so glad it tanked. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, like she said, I was going to bring up too. Everything is an influence. Every documentary that we watch, every mm. movie that we see, the songs that we listen to. Um, yes. A few months ago, I was holding my phone in my hand and I realized, you know, everything that I see on my phone is an influence on me for good or for bad. And as mm. uh, you mentioned Doug Wilson's name earlier, like he says nothing is neutral. There is no neutrality. Yes. So when we're watching a TV show that throws a bunch of porn in the show, that's not mm. neutral. That that worldview, that understanding does not come from a Christian worldview and understanding. That is yeah. of the devil. That's wrong. That's yeah. and, and, and yeah. we are, like Courtney said, we're catechizing ourselves. We're viewing these things and just taking it and saturating it our just complete saturation of our lives, mm. where people like you say that are talented, that have the means and the ability, uh, they should be producing quality entertainment or at least a quality message um, Mm. that is done well Mm. and because they're not neutral what they're doing is they're massaging your your worldview so we'd say the buzz light yeah it's it's subtle but what they're saying is this is good this is great you should accept that it's fantastic let's celebrate it Mm -hmm. because like duck says um there's no neutrality There's, there's there's an objective behind everything people do yeah yeah, there's a quote that I that I really like. I'm paraphrasing it, but basically this guy says that you really can't change a person's mind by argument. The only thing that mm. can really change a person's mind is a good story. I don't mm. know if I completely agree with that entirely. I do think there's various arguments that we can have. And but but what really will get into the psyche of people, what really makes them think is a good story. Yeah, that's right. And stories seem to penetrate deeper as well because, um, and we're all storytellers in some sense. Like when you come home and you saw somebody um, like steal something from the shops and then, then the, the police were involved, you'd come home and like you tell your family and your wife and it'd be a bit dramatic um, telling. And 
we we all love because they they kind of like penetrate penetrate deep and you, you feel like you're in the moment and there's this excitement you feel when you have when you know something that others don't know then you have the opportunity to share it um, through story form and it's 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 the most it's an ancient medium that's still as effective today as it was uh, two thousand years ago. That's right. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Inklings. I got captivated by like this paragraph in a biography on four of them. What's it called? It's called The Literary Lives of the Inklings, and it covers Tolkien, Charles Williams, Owen Barfield, and C.S. Lewis. Yeah, and really they, oh, nice. they talk about how their goal was to capture the imagination for Christian truth through their various, you know, whatever it was, their talents, writing, poetry, music, whatever mm. they were doing in the arts was to capture the imagination um, with Christian truth. And I just thought that was so great. And it's almost like our imaginations are kind of this, um, this backdoor in to our thinking yeah. and how yeah. we formulate. It's not somebody just saying, here's the argument, here's what you should believe. And because mm. I tell you so, it's, it's almost like we're getting to discover it on our own but we're being guided by the person painting yeah. the picture. Um, so it's like, it's a sneaky way of making us think in a new way or about something we hadn't considered before. Um, mm. Stories are powerful in that way. And I think part of that is just the way that God made us. I mean, he gave us yeah. the greatest story. So there's something compelling in every human heart. When we hear a story, we're moved. We can't help it. It's stories are kind of written into our DNA. And it's, it's also one of the best ways to educate people today about the culture during the bible time so every exit past the exegetes what they try to do what they try to squeeze in in like 40 minutes is um a quick lesson in the culture of the time in order for the congregation to understand the context of the passage and what i find redeemed is very capable of is immersing listeners in the culture to help them understand, okay, how do people act in those times? How do they respond to this sort of um, behavior? Like what were their beliefs? And it's, it's a very um, immersive, I like to call it, immersive way to to understand what the culture was in the Old Testament and during times of Christ. And, yeah, it's, it's one of the best ways to to educate that. What kind of research for you goes into making sure you get those those aspects correct? So I, I do a lot of um, studies on like um, exegetes on the passage that I'm that I'm covering. So um, I did some study on um, um, the episode about Rebecca when she watches just Christ's feet, and I discovered that it's unlikely that it's the same Mary that we read about. So that that changed my mind when I read a few um like um, studies. But there's a lot of um because I, I have such a high view of, of, of scripture. I've, I've taken a lot of time just studying, watching videos, some lectures, and even the 10 minute episode with the nativity um, in the fourth um, episode, a lot of research went into like, um, like how old was Elizabeth when she um, um, gave birth, which was pregnant. And originally like the line that I recorded was that she was 80 years old. And then after some research, I discovered that she, we don't really know her age. So, I had to get rid of that line. So, um, so the actress that I chose, I tried to make her sound old, but not ancient. So she, <laughs> she's the perfect balance. She yeah. could be 60, she could be 80. Like, who knows? <laughs> so people can find your podcast. I know they can find it on Spotify. We'll provide a mm-hmm. link in the description below. Anything else you want 
listeners to take away from this interview specifically about Redeem podcasts? Um, what else should people know? Well, I'd like the listeners to be inspired to create for the glory of God with whatever it is that they're talented in. And even if they're not talented, just, just be inspired to just um, embrace the beauty of Christ, whether it's watching um, wholesome, by watching or listening to wholesome content, because that's a form of worship as well. And um, yeah, that, that's what I really want the listeners to really be inspired by, like just the beauty of Christ in, in creative Christians. Yeah. Do you have favorite creative Christians? Mm. Favorite in um, he's already named. Well, um, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I love um, uh, one, one of my biggest inspirations is Marcus Bittman, what he's doing, and yeah. um, and um, uh, Nathan Anderson, like he's definitely up there with with, with his documentaries. I'm definitely going to watch the new one you've mentioned as well. <laughs> yes, oh yes, Teach All Nations is really good. I really, yeah. yeah, on earth as it is in heaven, I found that on one night. I was just reading about post mill stuff. I'm like, I wonder if there's any documentaries on this. And it was on Amazon at the time. I don't know if it still is, but it popped up, had no idea who Nathan was in the first few guys that talked, no idea. But then Doug Wilson's face came on and I've grown up <laughs> reading Doug and I know who Doug is. So he yeah. came on I'm like, Whoa, Courtney, look, it's Doug Wilson. And yeah, I probably watched that documentary. I told Nathan this six A times. Lot at least yeah <laughs> I don't know. it's it's really packed in it's packed. especially when yeah. yeah you gotta watch it many times yeah. yeah there's a lot you miss the first go around yeah. but his mm. new, his new documentary is actually a series mm. um about mm-hmm. and it's okay great too yeah good to know yeah it's really good nice well ed it is a, it is a privilege to talk to you um thank you so much for coming on the show to uh introduce redeem podcast Thanks, Evan. I mean, thanks for the inspirational talk. I feel very, very uplifted after this. Yeah, very good. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. The, the angel, the dream, our son, the savior of the world. Joseph, slow down. An angel of the Lord told me everything in a dream. He will save people from their sins and he shall be named Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Love of Life podcast conversations with Jesse and Courtney. It is our duty through our schools to create a new one, a God-centered one. We are told in Proverbs 8, verses 35 and 36, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death.